Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello, you wonderful homeschoolers. Welcome back to Homeschool Together. If you have a chance, head down into the show notes, like us on YouTube. Ariel, quickly check while I'm doing the intro. See if we're at a thousand subscribers. Oh my gosh, we were at 999 last night, you guys, and we were very excited about it. So our next challenge is We're about to make pennies. Yeah, I know. There are pennies to be made. Oh my gosh, we're at it. We got it. One thousand, one with uh, a little comma, zero, zero, zero. Zero, zero, zero. We're at a thousand, so that's great. So we have that, and then we have to get um, 4,000 watch hours, which we are, um, yeah, 87 hours low. So if anyone has an extra 87 hours that you can like to just turn homeschool together on in the background and let that just run. Stop homeschooling right now, (laughs) run to YouTube and just let it play. Yeah. Help us make some pennies. Um, thank you guys so much. If you have a chance and you enjoy the podcast, you can always do two great things for us. You can tell a friend and then also leave us a review on iTunes and we have links below to help you with that. Today, we are going to be doing a yee-haw homeschool roundup. Oh, I did yeah, that called, well. Yeah, yeah, yee-haw. That was really, well, I'm reading, that was quality. I'm reading the, the sequel to Lonesome Dove by, oh my gosh. Uh, called The Streets of... You're reading of, like four books at a time. I can't keep up with the you. The Streets of Laredo right now. I'm, I'm McMurtry is a sequel to, I think, uh, McMurtry's uh, sequel to Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove, all-time great, one of the great books. Um, I'm reading the sequel right now. So. While you were also reading The Abyss. While I'm reading The Abyss as well, yeah. And? I was reading some Shelley poetry this morning. See, you're always <laughs> reading a bunch of stuff. I'm I'm solidly reading like one thing. Listeners will know I don't like poetry, but I was reading it this morning. I I mean, since we're getting off on this tangent, I am reading a, a series by E.E. E. Holmes. The, yeah. the second book is The Rebel Beneath the Stairs. The first one was... Um, uh, what the ladies made new, yeah, and which I was like, what is that? It kind of it was kind of a weird title, um, but and we'll put a link to it. But it's actually about like Victorian London, uh-huh. and if there were people that were born with magic. Oh, perfect. but there's kind of a cool thing where the people who don't have magic made it like a religion around the fact that magic is a sinful thing. And so the people with magic are being kind of like oppressed, but you know, there's this underground resistance kind of thing. It's been very cool. Anyways, that's what I'm reading. It's almost as cool as my latest book, my World War One book with zombies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) let's get into that. So that's what we're into early. Um, Let's finish it with uh, what we always like to start with is the podcast. Um, (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about our... It's it's been a long few weeks and we're rounding up the last week of our parent partnership. We we now officially have a four-year-old. Yeah, we have a four-year-old. So we wrapped up all (laughs) the birthday stuff last week and then we have the last week of our parent partnership and I'm in the fifth week of my MBA class and it's kicking my butt. I mean, I'm doing fine, but it's been a lot of work and we're finishing up our year of Girl Scouts and like everything is culminating right this now week, yeah. and, and we, preschool's and we, finishing. And, and, we, so and we know you're at home busy. and a lot of you guys, um, you know, they end the school year right around this time. You know, the official school year is ending. 
a lot of people shut it down for the summer. And we were kind of thinking like, let's talk a little bit of a, a, a wrap up. We talked about the curriculum mm-hmm. that we're about to start a couple of weeks ago, which is the Build Your Library Ancient Histories quest that we're going to be uh, on. Plus, we call it Build Your Library one plus. Because I, I can't resist. Yeah, and and look look on YouTube soon. We'll have uh, so we'll start doing some vlogging again. We're about to finish the first week. So we'll, we'll start recording our first videos it's here. It's been really fun. I have I forgot, like, I just, I love history so much. Yeah. So it's so nice to get yeah, we into went it. from the science curriculum with the prehistory right into the ancient history, which is very science heavy in the sense of archaeology and, and, and whatnot. Yeah, so it's been cool. it, it kind of has a nice thread of, of science. But let's talk about, you know, what the last year has been. So we, we are, we attend a parent partnership and this is essentially a public school Mm -hmm. that is catered to homeschoolers and while they understand that this students who are attending that school are going to be doing you know their curriculums at home math reading their social studies curriculums this school offers additional help whether it is for reading and math but also electives and fun classes that you can take and dance and and art and and metalworking and and there's all kinds of things. And there's a bunch of different programs. If you're, if you're in the state of Washington, a lot of our, especially Western Washington, a lot of our school districts have a parent partnership program or alternative learning environment, ALE. Mm -hmm. If you're in uh, California or Colorado, you may know them as charters, homeschool charters. I think they've got some in Alaska and other states. So they might not be called the same thing, but if there's any way for you to basically use Use your, you know, taxpayer dollars to take some homeschool classes. Some some of these uh, parent partnerships, and even in 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 uh, Washington State or yeah. the charters in California, you can either attend classes or they'll give you money, mm-hmm. and that money you can take to spend on your own classes and things. So or your curriculum or it's whatever. great because yeah. it's not like we're gonna get a refund. It's not like we like our taxes. It's not like we get a refund on the fact no. that we're not putting our kid in school. So it's really nice to be able to use some of those public dollars that we pay for yep. and get to put our daughter in classes. And so they do have a lot of great things. They have some extracurriculars and they have special programs like Montessori and they have a parent co-op and they have a family forest school and they have lots of different things. So um, the way we use it right now is very a la carte. We just yep. we take a whole uh, range of individual one class um one hour of each class a week. Yeah, so, so there's a total of seven classes that we take. Right, so we're on yeah. campus for seven hours a week, and uh, we just got to register for our classes for the next year, and we're leaning very heavily into the arts and practical uh, practical stuff next year. You know, our daughter's really interested in, you know, your cooking and sewing and that kind of stuff, and she's really interested in lots of kinds of performative arts yep. um, with dances and things and music and, and singing. And so we're leaning really heavily into that. I think what's great about that is those are those are skill based things mm-hmm. that I don't have the skills in. Um, yeah. So asking me to teach music would be a stretch. Um, asking me to teach singing or theater is a stretch. Those are things that I'm not really good at. Yeah, no, and you couldn't teach singing. No, no, I couldn't. <laughs> what are you talking about? Doobie, doobie, doo. No, no, no. Your partial hearing loss makes you a terrible singer. Terrible singer. Um, even though I'm a pretty good singer, I still can't. I, I still yeah. wouldn't know how to teach singing. So it's really great to lean into things like that that are skills-based. Um, and if you're out there, this is the equivalent of having a piano tutor or mm-hmm. something come to your house or going to take lessons in, you know, at an art studio. This is the same kind of thing. We're just, yeah, we're just really leaning off. into it. Yeah, we're kind of like shifting it to the school where there are qualified teachers. And a lot of the teachers that she is with are certified teachers. Right. Um, they, we do not have as much a rigor at these classes yet. I mean, I think going forward, there there may be more 
more. It will get to be more, but it's still never going to be like a lot a class, because they yeah. know it's a supplement to what yeah. we're doing at home. The one thing we have decided to do for the next year yeah. is is to supplement with some reading. We did this. We did this reading assessment. Our our school district does this eye ready assessment system. It's mm-hmm. terrible. It's an adaptive yeah. assessment. And and if you need to do an assessment for your child and you're looking to do one for the end of the year, make sure that the one that you do is not. If it's adaptive, really look at it. And adaptive just means that if a student gets something wrong, it's going to downgrade the test. If they get something right, it's going to make the test harder. It's trying to find where they are. It's trying to, yeah, yeah. it's trying to find the right spot. I think an adaptive test could be great for an older student, but for our young learners, you know, our first grader, it was funny, our first grader and our, our, our her best friend, they both go to the same school, uh, both in first grade. They were both in tears over this test at the same time, <laughs> because the problem is that the test starts one grade level below. Then if you're getting it right, it goes on grade level and then it will move, it will keep moving up. And there's no like, I don't know button. There was no, I don't know button. And there was no single uh, question. So a lot of times it was a grouping of questions. So she would have to read a short story and then ask these questions. And you were stuck at that level for that entire time, and there was no way to get out of it. And because there was an, uh, there wasn't an "I don't know" button, your student could accidentally guess the right answer. Yeah, um, which happened to our friends. And all of a sudden, her first grader guessed two wrong answers, two answers she shouldn't have known. She guessed them right, and she needed to analyze Paul Revere's ride by Longfellow <laughs> and she's in first grade and she's in tears. Right. And the, yeah. sa- the same thing happened to our daughter, except it happened in math. She's very gifted in math. Um, and all of a sudden she's at middle school math and she's in tears because she thinks she's failing. Yeah. And I think that it's really difficult for these young learners to understand with this adaptive test that it's okay if I don't know, this is what the test is purposely doing. It's purposely making it harder to find the right grade. Um, I just don't think they get that. And so we yeah. and the other family, we both abandoned that test. We just shut it down. We decided to shut that down. And we went in in person for an actual reading assessment with a teacher. And that was a, such a great experience for us. And I'm really glad that we went in and got an yeah. assessment. If you're concerned about reading and you have, you know, if you have one of these programs, that's great. But if you don't, and you have some sort of a tutoring center or something, having somebody, mm-hmm. having a, a certified teacher or, or, you know, doesn't need to be a certified a lear- teacher. A learning center or something like yeah, that. Yeah, somebody who is skilled in teaching a subject if you're concerned about it. And reading is something we've had a little bit of concern about. We both read faster than our daughter is reading now. Mm-hmm. That being said, we both hated reading in school and did not discover our love of reading again until we were adults. So I'm not saying that the fact that we read sooner was necessarily a good thing, yeah. but we want to make sure we want to just kind of make sure like check in like, yeah, we, you know, you're always asking yourself, are you doing the right thing? Is your kid, you know, progressing at the right level? Um, and everyone progresses differently, but we just wanted to kind of check in and we found out that she is doing well. She is basically right on grade level. She's not above or below. She's right there. Um, but one of the things that happened was she really, really loved this teacher and she loved learning, reading from somebody else. So we decided to enroll her in a reading class next year with this teacher. This teacher is actually running that reading class. Yeah. And and, um, our daughter came out and she was like, I, I want to, you know, learn more. I want to, I want to go learn with this teacher more. And it was really, really nice to see her kind of, 
you know, spark an interest Mm -hmm. and, uh, through the teacher and coming out of that assessment with that teacher, she had a lot of confidence because now she feels that she is doing well and she knows where she is. And I'm, I'm not feeling like I'm behind or anything like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, this could be a great opportunity if it's something you're worried about. You might even look for an online tutor, like an out school or, you know, we have uh, some friends down the street. They do a Zoom uh, reading teacher once Mm -hmm. a week. Their their daughter's in public school, but they, this is something that they do extra and they do it, they do it specifically during the summer Mm -hmm. um, just to keep kind of the reading going. And that's worked out really well for them. So. Uh, you know, if you're if you're feeling like maybe you're not sure, reaching out and getting a little help, just even to do an assessment, I think can be really valuable. And I'm yeah. glad that we did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, coming out of this kind of first grade year, we can feel like okay, she's on grade level for that. She's a she's ahead in math. Yeah. Um, and there are some specific art needs that we need to fill, some gaps, rather than go ahead and sign up for, you know, classes we have to drive all around to. It's easier to just go to our school and, and take them there. Yeah, it's one of the, the benefits there. So that was kind of the end of the school year, going, kind of working our way back towards the beginning of the year, you know, thinking of it as sort of maybe uh, September, August timeframe. Um, this is when we were, I believe, finishing the around the world journey. Mm-hmm. Um, if you followed us on YouTube, you would have seen that. And then right at the end of that, we began to do the, um, blossom and root prehistory with a combo of, mm-hmm. uh, build your library. No, no, actually that's when we did our big month of Harry Potter. That's right. We did the Harry Potter move. Yes. Yep. And then we, we finished up with, um, we finished up a few extra around the world things and then we started yeah. prehistory. Then we just started prehistory yep. basically in like I know Jan- it's all like foggy at this but point. But it was at the January time frame we started that. Yep. We started yeah. in January with prehistory yeah. and then finished it in at the end of March, right before our trip. Yeah, exactly. So that that was really good. I, I think that was a, a good year. It was very very fulfilling. It was nice to finish the around the world journey because that was such a uh, you know, with doing the combo, it was a long haul for us. It was almost a year, I think. It was over, it was a little bit over a year yeah. and we learned a lot from it, you know, because the, the round the world was a little bit over a year. And then we did, we, we did like a month, a Harry Potter study and then it was the holidays. So we just kind of like took that time off and finished a few things. And then we did this big combo of prehistory. You know, you'll notice that it's like, oh, you're finishing your first grade year, but you're starting build your library one, yeah, right. like, hmm, head scratcher. And I think that this is really where, those, those, you know, levels are kind of, they're kind of guidelines and we do go year round. So I'm not really worried about it. We're also going to be cycling back around. Mm-hmm. Our daughter will do this again when she's in, um, fourth grade mm-hmm. because her, um, second, this will be kind of her second grade year. She'll do this third grade year. She'll be with her sister doing around the world again, although we're going to truncate it a bit so we can kind of keep it within mostly within that year. I mean, with the summer, her, her um, sister's younger. And then we'll do prehistory yeah. and then we'll do this again. So she's on the younger cycle for kindergarten when she right. was maybe a little bit of an older kindergartner when she started. Yeah, I think we've seen a lot. I think this is going to be really good. And it's it's always easier to make things harder. Yeah, it is. That's what we found. And so starting, our daughter is an older first grader anyways, because she has a late fall birthday. So she's already older. And then we're just, and then we're at the end of first grade when we're starting a first grade curriculum. And I have to tell you, we're a weekend. It has not mattered one iota that we are you know, basically what she's, she's almost eight and we're starting a first grade curriculum. It, it matters. Absolutely not. No. There is so much material in here. I mean, we're, you know, we're learning about artifacts and, and, um, what's the difference between an artifact and a feature mm-hmm. and a specimen. And there's a lot of stuff in here that I, I have to say I didn't know. And I think it's absolutely fine 
for, yeah. for them to be older. I know some people get really stressed out when it's like, oh, but it's level one and my kids, you know. Supposed to be a second grader. Yeah, right? what are we going to do? Yeah. It's like, you know, just go with it. And, yeah. and we know that our child was really going to enjoy ancient history. So we're just like diving in and really enjoying it so far. Well, and it's also a 36-week curriculum. And we're starting it right now, which is kind of early part of June. And, you know, we're going to go through the whole summer. And we're mm-hmm. going to do the next 18 weeks. We're going to do half the curriculum through the summer. And so by the time her quote unquote second grade year would start, we're already going to be halfway through this curriculum. Yeah. And I feel like the summer may, there may be some sloshy things in yeah. there. There's going to be time spent at grandparents and things. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. I'm, we're not going to stress about it too much because we are going to come back around. And I feel like with all these curriculums, it's not a race. No, we're not. It's not like anybody's going, well, hey, you know, <laughs> you didn't finish this thing. Or, you know, if it takes us longer, it takes us longer. I, what I don't want to have happen is I don't ever want us to feel like we're getting stagnant. Yeah. And right at the very end of our around the world journey, we felt a little stagnant. We had to kind of round things up there because we'd been doing that a while. Yeah. Um, as long as things aren't feeling stagnant and she's still enjoying what we're learning, I honestly don't care what we're studying. Like, I really don't. It doesn't and, matter to me. And I know the states have their specific standards on, you know, beyond math and reading. Um, but mm-hmm. those standards are very... The, they're very loose. And I mean, it's not like... Yeah, there's a few things like, I mean, in Washington State yeah. in seventh grade, you're supposed to take Washington State history. Sure. That's like a thing, yeah. right? And every state's going to have your 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 pieces. But I think that the she's going to like, retain more by yeah. doing this a little older yeah. than doing it younger anyways. As long as she is yeah. keeping on grade level for math and reading, it, I mean, the fact that we're starting a first grade curriculum right now at the end of her first grade year, I don't really see that as a big... Big issue, yeah. It, it's not bothering me I'm not at all. Losing, I didn't lose any sleep thinking, yeah. oh, we're starting for, oh, I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. I mean, like I said, yeah. she's going to be in fourth grade. We're going to do it again. Yeah, we're going to so do it again. Who, who cares? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, or, yeah, yeah, who cares? So it, it, it I, I don't think it's a big deal. And, you know, anyway, the whole, you know, on grade level, not on grade level, and we, and we know that's all are, just a construct. That's all a construct. And, and we know that that only matters insofar as, you know, maybe you're considering you know, that homeschooling will last a couple of years. You may go back to the public school. Right. Or if you're in a state that requires a certain level of assessment, um, formal assessment. Right, and reporting. And reporting. that These are going to be considerations you need to know. Mm-hmm. So I, I know there's a lot of homeschoolers who will say, oh, grades don't, grade levels don't matter. And, and, and we agree with them, absolutely. But we understand that there's a lot of legal frameworks that a lot of us are operating with within. We don't have as much of a stress on that, but we know there are other states mm-hmm. that do. So it's important to at least keep that in mind and understand that as you as you move forward. Moving back um, through math, I know we are about to finish Math Mammoth 2 right now. Mm-hmm, which um, is second grade Which math. is second grade, I think, second, early, third grade math. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we finished uh, Right Start C. And then we finished right, um, Math Mammoth 1 and, and just kind of going backwards. So we did Math Mammoth 1, which was the review off of Math Ma- uh, Right Start Math B, which we finished, I think, last summer. Then we did the Math Mammoth Roundup mm-hmm. um, as kind of a review. And then we went ahead and did Right Start C through, I think, the bulk of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended that, I think, sometime in February timeframe. And then we went ahead and started the review. We like to do, we like to couple Math Mammoth with Right Start as kind of Right Start is the core curriculum, and we do Math Mammoth as the review. Yeah, and reinforcement. And reinforcement and mastery, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I enjoy that. I, I noticed a little bit of, in this level of Math Mammoth 2, and we'll do a review on it when we're done. I think we have another about two or three weeks left. Um, there's a little bit of tedium building because she's kind of doing the same thing. She's been mm-hmm. doing it a long time. She goes, Daddy, I'm so tired of 
you know, adding two numbers together, mm-hmm. you know, up to the hundreds, up to the thousands and carrying or borrowing, um, to, to solve those equations, whether it's, you know, addition or subtraction. So she's kind of like, I feel like she's starting to get to that mastery level of, of doing that. Right. And it's perfect because I've, I looked a little ahead and, and they're starting to do multiplication now. And we did a little bit of that at the end of right start C. And it's good that we're now going to start to level up out of addition and subtraction right. into multiplication and division. I think it's a good time because I think she's kind of getting a little tired of doing the same. Yeah. Well, it'll be good to move into right start D. Absolutely. One of the things I want to talk about from your perspective as the educator is the difference between teaching a kindergartner and teaching a first grader. What do you, what do you see in terms of growth? Um, like I want to talk about this and then, yeah. and then I would really like to talk about, you know, the, the differences in how we're going to go forward. Cause we've had a lot of conversations about, you know, w- how we want to add additional rigor and yeah. additional challenge and things, but, but let's talk first about the growth. So what do you think in terms of the differences in approach between teaching a kindergarten student and teaching a first grade student? I think the first thing that, that I noticed is a big difference between, you know, my daughter from, you know, early last year till now, I think is really her focus, her ability to, um, do more. Mm -hmm. Like it it became a capacity and a maturity. I, I saw this great, you know, leap in maturity, understanding that schoolwork is important and it's good for us to sit down and do it. There's not, I don't fight as much. And I don't, want, I don't want to say fighting because it has a really negative connotation, but it motivate. But it's like you know when you're getting in there and you know the will to complete the exercises with you, especially if you're doing like a a one-on-one curriculum, like the all about reading or the right start math, and you're working together a lot of times to teach a concept, complete a problem using manipulatives or letter tiles and things like that. It was a lot more fighting back. It was a lot more frustration, I think, on both parts you know, when we were in kindergarten and doing that, than I am now. Now, I, I think she just understands that this is important. She needs to get it done. There's an understanding of, you know, I think she's starting to understand that when she can complete it and show mastery, that daddy says, I'm good with that, right? And so it, she understands that if I can focus, the, the level of focus with the maturity of knowing that she's doing the work and doing it well, and that leads to not having to do as much of it or mm-hmm. that it doesn't take as long. I think she's really understanding that that element. Not that she wants to like rush through the work or something like that. But it's the idea that, okay, I, this is a focused amount of time. If I get this work done and I do a good job, it, it's a short thing. And then I can move on to something right. else. Right. She's getting that perspective, I think, because we yeah. used to tell her this. That's, that's the biggest growth. Even I've as seen. a kindergartner, you know, yeah. like. Hey, remember, yeah. if you can just, you know, get, get our math done, then you can go play. And I, I don't think that she was able to kind of like get yeah. that kind of cause and effect yeah. and think that far ahead. But now she really is. She's like, you know, she'll come to me in the morning and say, okay, uh, mommy, I've got to do these three things with daddy. And then I get to do my audiobooks and my Lego. Yeah. And she's, she already kind of has a plan in her, in her head. And I, I wonder you know, I, I don't want to segue too far into the next thing, but I wonder if that's going to be the next stage in the evolution this next year mm-hmm. is letting her have some uh, some choice and control in where we start, right? Like, hey, this is everything that we need to do this week. Yeah. What, you know, how do you want to move it around? Because she may decide 
I want to just get all my reading done because I, yeah. I don't want to have to do reading every day. I want to just do it all. And then we'll, you know, it's yeah. done for the week to move on with that. And we've heard that with some parents that we've interviewed that have older students that they will, you know, get all their work done on a Monday or a Tuesday. And then that leaves them enough time to say, do, go do some vocational training or, um, to run a side business or something of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. When and you're you can get start, to the teenage level yeah, and you, when you get to that level, you can start to think about, okay, I can get my schoolwork done on two days. And then I have all this other free time to, you know, chase some other interests that I might have. I think that is something that I'm starting. Not that she's, she's to that level now, but I can see the, the, the two points and I can see a line that might, that might connect those. Mm-hmm. And which is kind of interesting. And, you know, we also want to, you know, level up this, the autonomy where we're starting to give her a lot more tasking that she mm-hmm. can do on her own. Um, a lot of the curriculums are starting to, you know, move towards her doing things on her own, like reading on her own, mm-hmm. doing the math worksheets, things of that nature. I'm seeing more and more of that. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more autonomy going forward, which, you know, helps me because I got to start working with the younger one to bring her up to that right. level. I, it was funny. I was talking with some, some parents at the Girl Scout meeting last time. And yeah. one of the moms was saying, well, yes, yeah, so how's things going, you know, having a, a middle school or whatever. And she said, well, I really, I really hit my goal. My goal was always that he was going to be learning independently <laughs> by 13 and that, you know, he would, you know, call on me for help, but that that was, so every year she worked to move to the point where by the time her son was 13, he was on his own. And another mom was standing there. She's like, yeah, my son's 12. He's basically on his own. And, you know, we do some things together and it made me a little sad because I, that, that's, it makes me just hearing that. It makes, makes me, me sad because I love being involved in the learning yeah. so much. Um, but I don't think that necessarily means that having a middle schooler, you can't be involved in the learning, yeah, but correct. they have the capacity. They have the capacity to to learn and explore on their own and, you yeah. know, come to you when they need things. And I think it's the capacity. So building this level of a, this greater level of both autonomy and responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that we've been doing, you know, last year. I know that when you, when you had her uh, or this, this first grade year, you know, you you have her read something. You had to sit there with her and oh, make yeah. sure that she read it because she was not trustworthy. No. Um, but now we can say, "Hey, you need to do twenty minutes of reading today," and you know that she's actually doing it. Uh, yeah. Our daughter is very recently into all things Pete, Pete the, cat. the Cat early reader books. It's it's the it's the exciting expressions and the the, the meaningful eyes. You know what's funny, right? We have so <laughs> many early this dead reader eye books. Look on everything. Yeah, every time I go to like one of these consignment sales or something, I pick up tons of early readers because I'm never sure like what's the thing. Is it going to be princess early it readers? Is so weird. Is which... it going to be Paw Patrol? Is it going to be you know some other like Star Wars? Yeah, or I, we like pick that. up yeah. all of these early readers and. Pete she, the cat. Pete the cat, and we don't even own. We own like one Pete the cat book, and she yeah. found it and loved it. Now we've been t- checking them out like by the dozen from the yeah. library, and I'm not kidding. There's a lot of Pete the cat, and she's loving them, and she's actually reading them on her own at night. Yep. And so, it, I think that I think that that's the thing every year. It's you like, would never have guessed that would that would have been the thing. Yeah, who would have never have guessed all these? She's she's such a like, girly girl as far as like loving like fashion and yeah. um, princesses and all that stuff. And it was Pete the Cat. Pete the Cat's the one that's like <laughs> so, got her sparked, which is fantastic. I mean, but, but whatever you know, that, it is, that is great. goes that goes to the a lot of times you hear those comments like there's going to be something that breaks through, you know, and and you know, bre- there's a going to be a breach, mm-hmm. and you never know where that breach is going to be. And for us, it's Pete the Cat, and it's just like. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Which I, I mean, I'm totally cool with. I know, um, but I know. It, it's really, it's really kind of yeah. funny. So that that'll be the thing for this next year. So just now we're letting her read on her own. Yeah. I think getting into her second grade year mm-hmm. as we go through the summer, it's going to be a bit more autonomy about maybe yeah. not, you know, whole week autonomy, but maybe just during the day, hey, we've got to do these four things today. What order do you want to do them yeah. in? How do we want to plan our day? Um, and then having some more responsibility as far as going off and doing that workbook page by yourself. We've mm-hmm. been using IXL a lot, which we talked about on a previous podcast, and, and we we'll, let her do that on her own. We'll do we'll do a review on IXL here, maybe in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we're, we're liking it. It's really nice. It is. And so we, we're comfortable now with letting her do that on her own. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm imagining maybe at some point here, yeah. uh, maybe this in her second grade year, being able to say, hey, in the morning... Yes, you can totally watch morning cartoons, but you're going to need to do a little bit of IXL first. And she'll sit down and go, yeah, okay, I'm going to do one IXL every morning, and that'll be that. So I think we're going to be getting to the point where we can start making kind of requirements of her during the day Mm -hmm. that she's going to be able to fulfill. The other thing that's going to go towards that, you know, more responsibility level is that she is now wanting to be a more active uh, and advanced participant in performing arts. So yep. she's getting into singing. She's going to be learning a musical instrument this year. And she wants to get in a little bit of theater potentially. Right. And she's in an advanced level of dance. She's been moved up to a third grade dance class this next yep. year because she's been in her dance for uh, two years already and she's showing really good progress there. So there's going to be a, you know, however many minutes each day of each of those things that she's going to need to practice. And that's yeah. going to be another like layer of responsibility, which I think she's going to be able to take. Well, and also we're, you know, we're beginning to layer in sports in the coming year. We did that. We started doing that this past year, the past year and a half have been heavy, heavily into exploring different types of sports mm-hmm. and trying to see if there's something that sparks. Soccer, not a good fit. Soccer wasn't a good fit. So we, she has found that she enjoys basketball um, and then we're going to be trying a little bit of volleyball. But even within this last year, if we're talking about a year-round wrap-up, sports has been another thing that we've we begin to layer in. And and like what you said, going forward, we're going to be layering in more things that are going to require her to actually go off and and practice and 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 have that rigor. And I think this is the key word: is um, driving the rigor of doing something correctly mm-hmm. and doing something over and over again until it is correct. Um, the dance is a great example of that. You know, she's going to be dancing with kids that are four years older than her and they have been doing this dance for our step dance for multiple years. And mm-hmm. so their movements are going to be sharp. Their, um, you know, their movements are going to be powerful and sweeping and, and correct. Their focus. And their focus is in going class, to be there and she, too. It's going to pull her up, yeah. I think. I think there's this balance, right? You don't want to overwhelm them. Exactly. But you do want to challenge them. And what I think is really interesting about this. I think this, that's, a, that's like that, that point right there that you just said about the challenging. Mm-hmm. That's a very fine line. And I think a lot of us early learner homeschoolers know that that's a very fine line. It's very difficult mm-hmm. to to do that. Um, without you know losing our kids, but I think it becomes easier as they get a little bit older and they're a little bit more mature, that they yeah. begin to understand the perspective of what they're doing and understanding that this isn't something that I have been told I need to do. This is something that I want to do, and we're starting to make that shift into, you know, do you want to do sewing? Yes. Well, great. Then you need to practice, mm-hmm. and maybe another year of sewing and actually starting to push a little bit of rigor and challenge. Maybe she says, ah, 
I don't really like sewing. I like the idea of sewing. Right. I want to be a person who sews, but I don't like actually sewing. I was like, I want to be a person that uses a juicer, but I don't actually like to use a juicer. I want to be the kind of person that would own one. So, and now someone at Goodwill can. So, (laughs) but I think what you're saying about challenge, it's one thing about being them being older, but I think the other thing is about knowing your child and the longer that you homeschool with them, the more you know them. So I don't think it's necessarily because she's, entering second grade this year. No. I think it's because we've done this for a few years now and we know we we can read her well enough that we know when something is an acceptable challenge, like mm-hmm. it's a good stretch and it's 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 a it's a tearing stretch, right? Well, yeah. And and going from the understanding where we, you know, we've been essentially doing homeschool curriculum with her for the last, you know, what almost three and a half years now, almost four years. We're going mm-hmm. this is our fourth year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um the seeing that growth there I really understand the people who talk about um, the idea that you don't start some subjects until they're seven or eight years old. Absolutely. And this was a point I, I, I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit earlier, but I, I, I remember it now. Understanding that they are mature enough to handle the material. Like I, I think Maria Miller talked a little bit about that, about starting math and reading later mm-hmm. um, uh, in some of the Scandinavian countries, not waiting until they're maybe seven years old to start that. And having that perspective now that I have almost an eight-year-old, seven-and-a-half-year-old, going to be eight later this year, I really understand that point. And, mm-hmm. I, and I see that with my daughter and understanding that, you know, we might have started some things a little too early with her. And she right. wasn't ready because I have seen in the last year this maturity and that mm-hmm. there's this ability yeah. to, to take up information a lot faster um, having the perspective and the maturity to understand what we're doing here as opposed to fighting kind of a, a younger child um, who maybe wants to go play instead of wants to sit down and learn to read. And I, I really, I, I'm very sympathetic with that. And I think having that perspective as an educator over the last four years, I'm going to be approaching my younger daughter differently with that. And I know there may be some parents out there who are starting to think about, you know, I have this train of children that I have to start educating. And maybe my oldest is like my scenario where I'm in like a seven or eight year old. And then you may have a four year old and then a one year old. I really having the the experience of doing this, I'm really going to approach it differently with my other daughter or be a little bit more softer in the approach and maybe not expect as much. I think maybe it was my own personal expectations that I didn't realize that maybe were too high or whatnot. But now I, I can see how how she has developed at seven and eight year old, almost eight years old now. They're just different children. They're almost a different breed going from that six years old to the uh, you know eight years old. It is such a sophisticated leap Yeah. Um, that I just don't think I had, I could understand that. You know, I have a four year old and I'm trying to remember my my older daughter at four years old and trying to remember like when we started Torchlight with her and the Build Your Library. And I'm like, you know, the early, you know, the Blossom and Root uh, early years and the Torchlight early years. And I'm like, man, what was her, what was it like back then? I can't remember that. It was like four years ago. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things about starting, starting things early, and it's a real challenge. And I think one of the things we got caught up in, you, you'll, you'll hear people say, yeah. oh, you know, before kindergarten or even kindergarten, just play, you know, don't, don't do any, don't do any formal curriculum. And that's great. I'm, except I'm a little sympathetic to that now. I, like, I'm sympathetic, yeah. but it's also hard when your kid's asking for it. Yeah, right. right huh. And that's part of the, the challenge I think that we had with our daughter is that she was so excited 
to start learning and she was really, you know, she's intelligent and inquisitive and she wanted to learn and she loved books and there was nothing she wanted more than to learn to read. And so we stepped up and we're like, okay, well, we'll start a curriculum and we'll support you in that. The challenge I think is when it is knowing, and, and this is, I don't know that there's a right answer for this, but knowing when your child really wants something but still isn't ready for it yet and how can you give them uh, give them a taste give them what they need without maybe doing overwhelming them yeah doing what they're not ready for right our daughter was dying to read at four and a half and we started all about reading level one and she wasn't ready no she wasn't ready but she was dying to read and so we were like okay we're she she's super inquisitive and smart she's got good vocabulary and you know, she's well-spoken and she's dying to read. Okay, we're here for you. Like, I'm going to meet you where you're at. And I think that we didn't really meet her where she was at. We met her with her aspiration, what she really wanted. Yeah. She wasn't ready. And so that is a super difficult thing to figure out. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you support your child the correct way, mm-hmm. even, you know, when they may not be ready for the thing they really want? And I don't have the right answer to that. So... I think if if there's parents out there who you have a a young one and they really want to do something, all I can say is just really watch that because their desire to do it and their ability to do it might not be the same, but we need to support them Mm -hmm. and and find good ways to support them. And I I think, I think with our younger daughter, with our older daughter, I'm sorry, that if we had said at that age, because she wanted to read so badly, if we had, if we had introduced her to some early audio books at that age, that might have satisfied her. We might have not had to start actually formally teaching her to read because I think what she wanted more than the ability to read was she wanted the independence of being able to get a story whenever she wanted a story. Yeah, exactly. Not having to ask us because at that time, when she was four and a half, we had a Mm one-year-old, a very needy (laughs) one-year-old. and Very needy. Seeing through it, I think that's what she really wanted. You know, I've, I've seen other kids who really, really... they like parents start math curriculums with them because they're just like, they want the number sense. And our younger daughter's like mm-hmm. this, right? She's like, I want to do my math. She sees sister do her math and she's really good in math. Our younger daughter's also very smart. Very smart, yeah. But we're not starting math with nope. her. We're just playing games I'm with her. I'm just doing a lot more games with her. Because and we know that that's kind of going to meet her needs exactly. for being able to like play with numbers. Yep. But it's not an actual curriculum. Yeah, like so, just, just this morning, yeah. this evening, I was like, hey, I need a game that does you know, dice that we can count the pips. Okay, this and- was sad, you guys. We probably have. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many games we have, but it's probably... The, the, how many... We have over $1,000 worth, but under $10,000 worth of games in this house. I feel like we're over 200 at this point. 200, 200 I think we have like 220 games. Okay. Yeah. And you asked me for a game <laughs> that our child could play that is a roll and move. Like you wanted, you said, I want to be able to roll a dice and count the pips and have her move spaces. And I had to pause and think about it. It's like, we don't have those. And all I could come up with that didn't have something more like, obviously we have like Monopoly and we have, you know, games like that, but that has all the other aspects of buying cards. But as far as just like- You came up with Trouble. Trouble was good. Yeah, but Trouble doesn't have a count the pips because it actually has numbers on the dice. The only thing I could come up with, y'all, was Parcheesi. (laughs) Literally, Parcheesi is the only game in our household where you roll and move because roll and moves are so boring that we haven't bought it. (laughs) So I feel like we need to like Goodwill Shoots and Ladders or something. Shoots and Ladders would be perfect. It would have been a Shoots and Ladders. We need to get that. Um, Because- I, I just feel like we didn't we don't have any of those because we're we're such game snobs. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We're like, ugh, roll and moves. Who wants that? Up. 
Anyway, we digress. So point point being, yeah. if you've got a young one who's really interested and excited about something, you might want to think about alternate ways to meet them where they're at. Because yeah. I think that sometimes we push to go into curriculum and we totally fell into this trap. And I we're think, trying to yeah. do it differently with our second daughter. Yeah. I think she's looking for more excitement. Like kind of what you said, that if, if our daughter had been exposed to you know, audio books at four and a half, maybe that would have been a fulfilling enough for her. And I agree with you. I think our, she just wanted that, that control yeah. and independence of like, I, I want to dial a book. I know. Right? I, <laughs> I think our, book now. and our youngest really, what she wants is interaction and playing games and, and that type of stuff is really what she wants. And I really feel that like, if I just play more games with her, she's going to learn, she learns, she has more of a photographic memory than our, mm-hmm. our oldest. Our oldest really needs to be exposed over and over and over and over again to a lot of concepts like numbers and letters. And and I think we've talked about this before, colors and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult for her to memorize things. Our youngest daughter, man, you show her something once or twice and she's oh, yeah. got it. She was great with colors. It took our older daughter like years, years. to get colors. Yeah. But but she's super good math. I yeah. mean, it's every kid's so different. They're, they're all so different. And I, and, I, and I have a feeling that we've talked about this. Our youngest is going to be, I think our youngest is going to be a little bit more frustrating in sitting down and doing the work. Like doing more rigorous yeah, stuff. She's, she's got a lot more energy. A lot more energy, a little bit more flighty. And so I'm going to have to like be a little bit more creative. I'm going to have my own set of problems as, as we all do. We have our own, you know, set of challenges mm-hmm. and differences. And I have to learn and then, you know, adapt and change and whatnot with my youngest. But, and it will be different than my oldest. And, you know, I'll have frustrations that I didn't have with my oldest. And then I'll have successes that I wish I would have had with my oldest. And it's going to be a mixed it's, bag. It's always going to be a mixed bag. But that's kind of where we're at this year. This is kind of the summary of where, where, where we've come. Yeah, I think going into that second grade year, we're going to be looking for, you know, yeah. we've talked about the autonomy. We've talked about a little bit more responsibility. Uh, we're also going to be moving much more heavily. Of course, Build Your Library 1 has got more of the Charlotte Mason approach of copy yes. work um, and we're, we're really some memorization. Gonna, we're really going to lean into that more this year. We are going to lean into that more. Um, and because memory is something that she really does have to work on, we're going to yeah. work on memorization with her. We also have, have done, you know, we've played with handwriting but that's something that we're also going to lean more heavily into and we're starting to uh really think about creative writing that's something that we we've been doing um i've been setting up these writing prompts to go with build your library one so that she can get some experience we did our first one earlier today actually and we did a speech to text where she made up a little story and then she drew a picture to go with it um, it was great because it didn't stress her, her, you know, dexterity or her writing stamina, but it got her to give her ideas out there. So well, also that's think, something I'm even looking for in second grade, get, getting her ideas out there. And that's something that I've seen, you know, kind of piggybacking on that idea is I want her to think in sentences, you know, incomplete mm-hmm. ideas and complete thoughts that are structurally and grammatically correct, just intuitively, uh, you know, like instead of saying, you know, you know yeah. name me two things that can climb. You know, you could say uh, a sloth and, you know, I don't know, a snake, right? Mm-hmm. And a tree snake or whatever. Instead of saying just those two things, you say two things that can climb are a sloths and blah, blah, blah. I want you to think in terms of sentences. Mm-hmm. And I'm really starting to challenge her and her thinking that way. And I think doing this dictation is going to have her starting to think, hey, you've listened to a lot of stories, a lot right. of audiobooks. You have been bathed in really good writing mommy and daddy read to you all the time i want you to think in terms of that you know that zeitgeist that you live in and try to see if you can mimic in 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 kind of like this aping mentality Mm -hmm. and just through you know just reading enormous amounts or listening to enormous amounts of stories can you regurgitate good grammar 
you know, in, in, an, right. in an, you know, an, an, and, an, and an auditory way. And it's, and it's not bad. I mean, for her yeah. age, I'm really, I'm really surprised. It's interesting because I mean, yeah. I didn't learn grammar until I was a senior in high school, which is a very sad state of affairs yeah. for the public school system. But I had read so much. <laughs> There's different know, schools and all over the place. Right. Yeah. I had read so much <laughs> that, uh, I, I intuitively wrote pretty well Yeah. without needing to yeah. know all the parts well, of speech. And I think if she's, if she can speak in a mostly gr- grammatically correct way that when we begin to reverse engineer writing sentences and we start to understand the parts of speech yeah, and it'll whatnot, just come together. it will just come together and it'll be natural because like, oh that's my verbs oh that's where my my subjects go mm-hmm. that's a direct object that's an indirect object when we start to think about grammar going forward in the next couple of years third fourth fifth grade level reading and composition and writing mm-hmm. i think she's just going to understand it because she just she thinks in terms of that's one of those things that i always like to say is you know don't think in terms of words we want to think in terms of sentences and then sometimes when we hear people who who are are very articulate they don't speak in terms of sentences they speak in terms of paragraphs right. or in in some in some ways that you have a really good speaker they're speaking in terms of essays and they are putting together free flowing speech those people amaze me are amazing and they they can give entire presentations off the top of their head because their brain is just organizing information and they're not thinking about the word to word choices because that they're past that and they're not thinking about how do I present this piece of information and give evidence to support it and then that leads into a next piece they're thinking in terms of large structure of speaking and i i i, I want well, her to hashtag goals i know i want her to angle in that direction where she has the ability to present information and this will kind of go into some of the ai stuff that we're talking about maybe a little bit later this summer when we do a couple episodes on that, you know, our kids are going to start to be tested in different ways because once AI becomes ubiquitous and they're able to use it in their, you know, their homework and whatnot, mm-hmm. the ways they're going to be tested on information, whether it's in schools, whether it's in assessments, whether it is in, you know, jobs and whatnot, it's going to become, you know, what can you recall? face-to-face with no computer in front of you. I think there's going to be a lot of that. What can you write you what know, you in write? the moment? Composition books are going to come back. But I think the way that we start or, this... Oral examination will come back. Yes. Yeah. And I think that the way we start this, I did a lot of debate in high school. Yeah, and that debates can be good Having too. to get up and talk in front of people and be able to organize your ideas was one of the most helpful things I could have done. And so one of the things that we're starting, going to start kind of this next year is presenting information so where she is retelling what she's learned so we've even started this with build your library one where you you know we're sitting around the dinner table oh tell mommy what you learned today and she's you know giving me a synopsis of hey what we we found out about today Mm -hmm. it's even those basic things of being able to retell Mm -hmm. that's helping her organize in her brain and the nice thing is things to remember right and the nice thing for us is it's it's giving us an idea too of the highlights of the things she's picking up on so we're at that kind of point. She's going to be presenting some poems. That's part of mm-hmm. the Build Your Library one is her memorizing a poem and presenting it. So that's a new feature for this second grade year that she'll be doing some of that. And we're going to have her video it and then we'll send it to grandma and grandpa. That's going to be our kind of outlet for that. And then and then doing more recall yeah. and, you know, kind of that, that oral discussion mm-hmm. um, I think is going to be really big for her. You know what I think is really cool? We talk about all this stuff. 
Man, I had no responsibility or autonomy in second grade. I mean, like I went to school and I came home and maybe I had a little bit of homework. I don't know. It was the 80s. And, you know, and like we went out and played. I didn't I didn't have this kind of stuff. And I think yeah. it's so great that our our kids get this fullness to be able to yeah. learn. I mean, I didn't learn how to work autonomously on something until college. Mm-hmm. I had to teach myself my freshman year how to organize myself to get my work done and meet my deadlines and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's great that we're just kind of giving these little pieces year by year. It'll get more and more. And having this this ability to, you know, kind of slowly become a, a full human being and exactly. all of that, that adulting, quote unquote, like we're going to give little like nuggets every year. I think that's great because yeah. there is that, there's this extra part of it that's yep. not specifically a curriculum. It's not history, yeah. right? It's all these other pieces. I think also the access to materials and technology, you know, I, I really am envious of where she is now. I wish I would have had access to unlimited audiobooks through the library and mommy and daddy can pull down 50 or 60 books from the library and have them by the end of the week and you know yeah. I, I i know we had libraries back then but it's not what it is now and then, i mean we didn't we didn't even go to the library no. when i was a kid and then just i had having, to go there for yeah. like one one uh, yeah. assignment in like fourth grade yeah. we went to the scary county library <laughs> and, and checked out like a book on like egypt or something and then we forgot to return it and Late my fees. mom was so scared that they were gonna like charge us a bunch that we just never went back and we moved <laughs> we like <laughs> we moved states and we threw the book away when we moved and that was the only time i'd ever been to a big scary library dump, dump the evidence in a bag throw it off the vision <laughs> well, it was river. because we never Never went to the library. I mean, it wasn't a thing that our family, and even now, it's really funny. Yeah. Your parents and my parents never go to the library. No. I mean, they would, they would never, they would never even think about checking something out online. I, like, we've tried to show them how easy it they is. They read on Kindles, and yet they would never check something out. No. Online wild. at the library. So I think it's really great that our yeah. kids are getting this kind of round experience. And going into second grade, I think it'll be really interesting to see you know kind of where we can like level up in all of these mm-hmm. as if she's this giant soundboard which is like you know adjusting well, all these levels it's, and fu- keeping it's funny them up. it's funny that she has these two parents are sitting in the uh, office you know smoky room and hazy we're, we're sitting here uh, conspiratorializing her, her future education yeah she's gonna learn how to do this stuff yes yes we need to we need to nudge her in this direction <laughs> you know it's funny it's like it's great because there's this whole yeah. period of time where she gets to be such a free kid, right? Yeah. She gets time to pursue the things that she loves. She gets time with her audiobooks and her sister got a big Barbie house and they got to spend the entire day on Friday playing with this Barbie house. <laughs> and we just didn't do school because we were like, this is so exciting. And what you need right now is quality time I with your sister. I still got school in on Friday. Well, we only did a little bit. Yeah. But the point is, like, she has all these times where we can say... Even during the summer, right? Yeah. Oh, the neighbor kids are coming down. We had school planned, but you know what? Go play with the kids. Yeah. We don't have to do that. And then there's other places where we can be like, I think she needs a little more challenge here. Let's uh, tune this up. Let's have her do her own writing prompt. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're like, it's great because I think we can just tailor it to what our kids need. And that is the greatest gift of homeschool for me. And I'm really excited about second grade for that. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. 
Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!